Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, and for the latest updates, information, and picks, you can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. Today is Monday, July 25th, 2022. This episode covers all of today's Major League Baseball games. In case you're new here, I built a mathematical model for win probability and totals using hitter and pitcher projections I've created along with weather data in order to make one side pick and one total pick. On every game that's played Monday through Sunday, though there are no Sunday shows. It doesn't mean that I recommend you do the same, as my goal in this episode is to share key information about today's games, give you a few things to think on, and explain with a model or I like a certain play or for you to come up with picks that you are comfortable with. I never recommend blindly tailing or fading any pick, but rather to hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with me or against me before investing your hard-earned money. As I go through my plays, remember that there are no locks in gambling, so what I'll give you are loves, likes, and leans to indicate my confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. And as always, please remember that good and bad variants will occur, so as much as I'd like to see it be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, this weekend, uh, yesterday was about break-even, Saturday it was a little down, uh, and I've talked about this a little bit too, the, the, the B picks, I've talked about this, the B picks continue to struggle, I'll keep trying to figure out how to get those back going, the A picks continue to do fairly well, the A picks seem to be either good or break-even, so that's encouraging. I keep thinking the B plays are going to come around, I, 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 I've gotten this question a few times from some people, or, or just kind of thinking out loud here. My my general thought is that the Apex, um, while better than the B picks, shouldn't be outperforming them this much. And I think that there's some value in some of the B picks that we have here, but it just hasn't happened yet. And I don't quite understand it. Uh, I've looked at it at a couple of different angles. It doesn't quite make a lot of sense. They're getting just some of the bad luck and, and that we've had some good luck in places and the good lucks have kind of just distributed out differently uh, to the other picks. So it doesn't really make a lot of sense. I keep thinking it's going to change, but it hasn't yet. So, I mean, <laughs> I don't I don't really know. Uh, at some point, the sample size keeps getting bigger and bigger, and it just makes me keep scratching my head. But if nothing else, the A-plays keep rolling, so we'll try to keep doing that uh, again today. Before we get to that slate, some reminders. Please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And the only way, assuming you turn notifications on, to ensure you don't miss any the college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. Share with a friend if you know others in the game. Hit me up on Twitter or drop a comment for you on YouTube. I love those and try to respond to as many as I can. Also, we partner with Horse Racing Today. You can find their stuff at horseracingtoday.net if you like to gamble on the horses. They are a team of five with over 125 years. Combined experience in handicapping horse races. There isn't an angle they don't know or bias they can't identify. Today, their favorite play... So over at Thistledown Race 6, you can check out their YouTube shows or website. The links are in the description. And to today's baseball games we go. No day games again today. We're starting off at 640 Eastern. The Marlins and the Reds. Hitter-friendly weather today in Cincinnati, but only slightly. Not like what we saw over the weekend in a couple games. Uh, one game that got us over the total in a couple games. Just couldn't quite get there. Um... Not as friendly as we saw this weekend. We'll be in the low 80s to start, mid-70s to close, and a breeze blowing up at only about five miles an hour. So a little bit of a bump to the best there, but it's mainly more about the fact that there should be a lot of runs in this game because we have a hitter-friendly environment in that ballpark. Along with that, we have two pitchers that are questionable, two offenses that, well, one's questionable. The Reds' offense, at least, is 
respectable. Uh, and, and, but a Reds bullpen that isn't very good. So a lot of shaky pieces here in a hitter-friendly ballpark. Is why I'm going over nine. A great pick for me. I love the odds here at around even money right now. I love the push protection. Uh, the model says 9.7. I mean, I, I think this number should be nine and a half. I don't think they should be giving us nine. I don't think they should be giving us the chance that this game gets to four four, and now we've guaranteed a push. You know, there's a lot of ways this game ends at nine five four six three seven two. Right, it's very very possible this game lands right on nine. And I don't think they should be giving us the push here. I think that's too generous of them. And so I think there's a lot of value on taking this over. Again, I think it should be nine and a half. When you look at the two starting pitchers, Trevor Rogers is average at best. 546 ERA on the year. Now, his advanced metrics are a full run better than that, but a full run better than 546 still isn't that good. Just nothing special. The Marlins bullpen, really nothing special. I mean, you just got mediocre pitching on that side of the game against an offense, a Reds offense that does hit lefties better than righties, given that they are, or they should hit lefties better than righties, given that they're so right-handed heavy in that ballpark. The Reds should score some runs here off of the Marlins. And then for the Reds pitching, you have Nick Lodolo, 581 ERA. Now, his advanced metrics say it should be about a run and a half better. I still think Lodolo's a better pitcher. The model still says he's a little bit better than average. But it's not by much. He's not going to give us a lot of length tonight. And we get to that Reds bullpen, it's just there's not a lot there. The Reds bullpen has done a little bit better as of late, but I just don't see any reason to think that that's not just small sample size variability. I don't trust this Reds pin at all. If you could get me nine innings at a Lodolo against this Marlins offense, sure. But it's not going to happen. He's likely only going to go four-ish innings is, is what I'd have to guess. I mean, a good start would be five. He's not going to go deep in this game, I don't think. And you get to that Reds bullpen. I don't know how they can find enough good innings to prevent runs again in that ballpark. Marlins offense, not good, but does perform better against lefties. So I, I think you've got advantage to the offenses, given that you've got two starting lefties on the hill. I think there could be some runs in this game. Like I said, I think that they're giving us the push on nine and the about even money is just too good to pass up. A grade play for me, especially at these odds. And with regards to the side, Model says Reds minus 116, so there's a tiny bit of value on Marlins plus 120. It's a lean for me. It's a C-grade pick. I just don't trust anything in this game personally, so it's not one that I can give a second unit to. Mathematically, you are bordering on a B-grade pick, but I just don't want to invest a second unit in what's probably going to be some bad baseball in a coin tossy type game, a little bit of value, just not enough to get me excited. If this was up to plus 125, I could put that second unit on it. So again, I'm kind of playing it safer here earlier in the day. And if this number moves out again before starting lineups are announced or if starting lineups are announced, but there's nothing um, in there that that deviates from what we expect to see, you know, maybe it's a situation where we add a second unit. We say, hey, now we've got some extra value. And again, it doesn't have to work out every single game, but in these coin tossy type games, anytime you can get extra money down at really good plus odds, that's good. It's just plus 120 isn't enough to get me excited in this one here again model says basically the reds should only have home field advantage and nothing more and that kind of makes sense it's like the reds have a little bit better of an offense but the bullpen's a little bit worse you know reds maybe a little bit better starting pitcher but uh, it, it's all kind of a wash again in, in what should be bad baseball so i'll lean marlins at one, plus 120 but unless the odds get better than that i'm just not excited enough to put a second unit on it so to five first pitch braves at the phillies mid 80s to start around 80 degrees to close Assuming it closes on time, uh, winds will be blowing out, but dying down as the night goes on. We're going to start off around 10 miles an hour, but get 
lesser and lesser as the evening progresses. There's some rain in the forecast in this one. It's a game that may be delayed and it may be postponed. It's too early to tell right now. So keep an eye on Twitter. I'll try to retweet the good updates that I see on this one. Um, but like I said, a delayed start wouldn't surprise me or a postponed game wouldn't surprise me. And the Storms could just miss and we could just play on like usual. I mean, I think all three options are on the table and I think they're all kind of roughly equally likely based off what we're seeing now. And again, it's too early to really feel confident about anything in this one. So something to take note of, also something to take note of with regards to the total. It's why I'm only a lean on this over. I think eight is a little bit too low. Now we do have to pay a price on the juice. The model thinks 8.4, but if this game gets delayed, we're talking about cooler temperatures and a wind that's died down potentially after the fronts come through. So it's a situation where if it plays out like we're thinking it might, like the most likely scenario, like what the forecast is saying, I think over eight makes some sense, and, and it's probably more of a B play, but knowing there might be a delay on this one, pushing us later, I just don't want to be too invested in it because it might be chillier weather without that wind blowing out to help us. So again, the model says 8.4, but it's real weather contingent on this one. So again, I think the over makes a little bit of sense, but I'm just not that confident given I don't know when this game is going to happen. It'll be Max Freed versus Ranger Suarez. Freed is fantastic. We, every time he comes up, I mean, there's just not much to say. 264 ERA, advanced metrics slightly behind that, but not by much. A fantastic pitcher, top 10 probably in the league. Ranger Suarez for the Phillies, a little bit better than average. He's been a little bit better, I think, in the last month or so. He's kind of been more impressive. He was kind of more middling average after how great he was last season. Uh, but now he's kind of trending, I think, in the right direction. Z raised down to 4.07. The advanced metrics say that's about accurate. He's lengthening out a little bit better. He had a great start last time out. Of course, that was against the Marlins, so I'm not sure what that says. But a pitcher who's at least decent enough. Obviously, the Braves have an edge in the bullpen. I think the Braves have an edge on offense. The Braves have an edge everywhere here. It's just how big of road favorites can you make the Braves in the situation? The Phillies aren't a bad team. They're not a good team. I think we saw that this weekend they couldn't get it done in Chicago. But just because they couldn't get it done there doesn't mean that they can't win some games in general, right? They're going to win some – they're going to win about half their games going forward. They're kind of just a mediocre team. Obviously, if you're a Phillies fan or coming into the season, we had higher hopes for the Phillies. Castellanos has been terrible. You know, Bryce Harper's out. So they still have Nolan Wheeler, who are fantastic at the top of the rotation. Bullpens kind of come together. But it's just been a little bit disappointing offensively, but they're still a mediocre 500-ish team. And a 500-ish team at home, the decent starter, has a chance to win the game. I'm not saying I think they do. I think the Braves are the better team, and I think the Braves are more likely to win than not. But minus 175 for the Braves on the road here, it just seems like a lot because I just don't think this Braves offense is that much better than the Phillies offense. And I don't I, – I mean, Freed's really good. It's just a really high price on the road. To me, it's Phillies or pass. I'm only going C grade pick. The model says minus 147 should be the price, so plus 161. Does offer some value. I just am not that excited to go against Freed and this Braves team. So I'm kind of taking my own advice here and saying it's Phillies or pass. I'm kind of threading the needle there, and I'll go slightly into the Phillies. But I think there's value in this play. I just want bigger odds before I think it's worth that second unit. I think there's just better things to do with our capital today. So again, I think Phillies may be some value. Just It's more about the fact that the Braves price is too high than I like the Phillies in this one. But again, baseball's random. The Phillies at home are good enough to win this game. Even if it's not the most likely scenario, we always have to consider the price. So again, plus 161, decent value. 
just not good enough for me there yet. But again, kind of like the Marlins, a situation where if this price gets higher and higher and the value just keeps getting there again before starting lineups are announced, it would be one that I would consider upgrading to a B play. 705 Eastern first pitch race at the Orioles. Kind of the same story we just talked about in Philadelphia that makes sense. Those two cities are not located that far apart from each other. Mid-80s to start, around 80 degrees to close. Winds blowing out to start around 10 miles an hour. Dying down as the night goes on. Chance of rain might be postponed, might be delayed. Very, very similar weather story that we have in Philadelphia as we have in Baltimore. And right now it's just too early to tell exactly what's going to happen, where the rain's going to hit, and when the rain is going to hit to know what's going on with this one. Corey Kluber versus, versus Austin Voth. Kluber's having a solid season, a 373 ERA. Advanced metrics lined up pretty well with that. Still projects a little bit worse than that, just based off of previous seasons. But there's nothing wrong with Kluber. He's a very solid pitcher at this point. The model says he's average. Maybe he's a bit better than that. Um, but I don't I don't think by, by too much. He's just a solid pitcher, but, but I don't think he's anything great. Austin Voth for the Orioles, a 638 year in the season, but the advanced metrics say it should be actually in the high threes. Voth is a guy that really struggles with the projection rating because it's hard to know how many innings he's going to go. And as good as the Orioles' bullpen has been, I've been talking about this a lot lately, when a starting pitcher doesn't go deep, it's, it doesn't matter how good the bullpen is. It's about the fact that you have to find a lot of good innings and all those pitchers have to be on or else you're giving up a three spot in a hurry. So that's the main ding to him. But I think both of these pitchers are actually a little bit underrated in the model. The model does say the total should be 9.8. I think that's a little bit too high. Like I said, I think both starting pitchers are a little bit undervalued. If I had to guess, I would say this total should be more between 9 and 9.5 than between 9.5 and 10. But that said, I still think over is the right play here. I'm giving it a B grade over 8.5 at minus 110. It's the same situation we kind of talked about in the Braves-Phillies game. I just like this one a little bit more. Can't get to an A grade just because of the weather. Again, if this is delayed deeper into the night, you're talking about a situation where it's cooler temperatures, um, the wind's not blowing out as much. And sometimes with these delays, you do see it favor the pitchers because a reliever comes in and he's always got to be ready to pitch it at a moment's notice. It might mess the hitters up a little bit more. So I like the over, but the weather snafu just keeps this from being an A grade in my opinion. But just as we talked about with the Phillies game, same story there. And there's a couple of them that line up just like this. If it looks like the game's going to happen on time, it might be a situation where last minute you th- you know, you you make the bet on the over or you put a tiny bit more on, not a lot, just a little bit more, because these games do happen on time. I think at the overs here, and this one and in Philadelphia, I like a little bit more than I'm indicating now. It's just at this point, it's just too many unknowns. With regards to the side, I'll take the Orioles at plus 110 with a B-grade pick. The model says pretty much a straight toss-up game, that the Orioles are at home, but... Kluber being better than Voth kind of offsets that. It makes us a coin toss game. The Rays offense, I think, is a little bit better than the Orioles, but I think the Orioles bullpen's a little bit better than the Rays. The Rays bullpen has decent numbers this season, but I think a lot of that is due to the park that they pitch in in general. I don't really think it's that great of a pen. I think if their pen was good, they'd be in the top three uh, in ratings, just given how friendly that that park is that they play into their pitchers. So as I think the, the, the Orioles have a bullpen edge, of course, the Rays have an edge and starting pitcher on the offense. So I think all of that kind of balances out with the game being in Baltimore. Just a coin toss game, plus 110 offers pretty good value. I think the Orioles could absolutely win this game. And it's a situation where, kind of like the other ones, if the odds keep getting higher and higher, you know, you think you upgrade the, the confidence level on this one. For now, it's at B grade. We'll see how the day plays out. 
Guardians of the Red Sox, same start time there, 7-10 Eastern. Same story weather-wise as the previous two. A little bit cooler. We're going to start off in about 80 degrees, close in the mid-70s, but that same chance of rain, the same wind blowing out at about 10 miles an hour, dropping down as the night goes on, could be postponed, could be delayed, could be played perfectly fine. So the same setup, and the same setup with the total. Over 9.5 is the play, minus 101. I like those odds. The model says 10.2, but it's the same exact situation. I feel like a broken record. If the game plays at this time, I like it a little bit more than I'm indicating, but knowing that it might be delayed scares me just a little bit, enough to keep it off of an A grade. Because, again, those extra, that extra few degrees, that extra wind blowing out, it's not so much that it's going to affect any one ball that happens tonight. It's about playing the probabilities and saying that if they were to play in these situations, you know, 10 times, 100 times, whatever, there are ex- there are situations where that extra little oomph on the ball changes and out to a double off the wall, or depending on how tall the wall is, you know, a double that bounces at the warning track versus a home run, and those things add up. So I like the over here, but again, if it's delayed, I'm just a little bit more nervous. That's why it only gets a B grade. Otherwise, though, the model says the total should be 10.2, and I think 10 makes a lot of sense here for this one. You have two pitchers who are very okay. Zach Plesak, 402 ERA, advanced metrics lag a little bit. Nick Pavetta, 450 ERA, advanced metrics are a little bit more friendly to him. But both these guys are just very average pitchers. Both these offenses are just very average offenses. Both of these bullpens are very average bullpens. I mean, you have average baseball across the night, but in a very hitter-friendly ballpark. And so in that situation, with it not being a chilly night, wind not blowing in, uh, this ballpark, I think, is good enough for friendly enough for the hitters to warrant a total higher than nine and a half. Again, if it plays in the eighty degree, upper seventy degree wind blowing out scenario, as opposed to the delayed scenario. So, I like the over here. But like I said, I think this is a real coin toss game. All of this just all balances out in the end. I'll take the home team at minus one hundred three, but I have no idea what's going to happen in this game. The Red Sox just completely falling apart this weekend. I really thought that. You know, major leaguers could get it together and, and show a little more oomph after that uh, you know, beating that the Blue Jays put on them Friday night. And that wasn't the case. Apparently, you know, a couple plays just show a lack of effort. And, you know, I don't know what's going on with this Red Sox team. Um, it, it's enough question marks for me to only give it a lean. But they're the home team. In a toss-up-y type game, momentum's only as good as the next day's starting pitcher, and both these starting pitchers are very meh. With the Red Sox offense having a couple of guys out, their offense is just meh, but the Guardians' offense is just meh too. I don't know what's going to happen in this game. Give me the home team at better odds, but it's not one that I really like. Last one in this time, slot 7-10 Eastern, first pitch Padres at the Tigers. A nice night in Detroit, upper 70s to start, low 70s to close. A slight breeze at about 5, maybe up towards 10 miles an hour, blowing out to left field. Sean Mania versus Drew Hutchison. I mean, it's hard to get much bigger of a discrepancy between two starting pitchers here unless you get to one of those top-tier guys. Mania is very good. He's not in that elite category. 4-11 ERA, advanced metrics say it should actually be a little bit lower than that. A guy who's going to give you innings and go out there and has had some struggles, but shouldn't struggle with this Detroit offense. Versus Drew Hutchinson, who's frankly pretty terrible. He's not going to go very many innings, which, I don't know, might actually be a good thing. But again, now, as good as the Tigers' bullpen has been, you're I, I feel like you're almost talking bullpen game for the Tigers. And, and that doesn't mean Hutchinson can't go you know, five innings, but 
you're not expecting him to go deep in this game. You're not, I mean, I, I guess you're hoping he can and have a good start if you're a Tigers fan, but it's not a situation where I'm confident him going deep and having a lot of success against a, a decent enough Padres offense. Padres have just a huge edge here on offense and a huge edge with regards to the starting pitchers. Bullpen's probably about a wash and or the fact that the Tigers bullpen like more likely than not to be taxed today with Hutchison on the mound. Padres should be massive favorites in this game, in my opinion, to the tune of about a 190 price. So minus 157 is an A grade. I love the Padres here tonight. I am a little concerned about the fact that they just played last night in an A baseball. And we have seen that affect teams having to play the next day. So that is in the back of my mind. The model, I did code for that in the model. And the model does bring that win probability down a little bit for the Padres. If I don't put that in the model, then the Padres are even more likely to win. So I am accounting for that in the model. It's hard to know exactly how much to account for that because of the fact that we don't have a lot of data on it. So there's a lot of variability with just how much of a you know quote-unquote penalty to give a team who plays on Sunday Night Baseball than having to play the next day, given that that extra travel the other team's already sitting there resting. It's hard to know exactly what to do with that, but to my best guess, I've accounted for that here in this number, even if you say that I'm under counting that penalty, which is very possible because it's not one that I have enough data on to feel confident that I've, I've, I've nailed exactly what the penalty should be. You still think the Padres should be about a minus 180 favorite. I think minus 157 is too low. It's an A grade pick. The price isn't that steep. I know they're on the road. This Tigers team is terrible. This offense is terrible. The starting pitcher is terrible. I'm not saying the Padres sweep this series, but I mean, at least starting off, they're pretty heavy favorites in my mind, much more so than the books make them. So I love the uh, Padres here at minus 157. And I'll take the over eight. Just a lean, though. The model says 8.4. I don't know what to do with these Tigers totals. Uh, in general, I think they're more of an under team because their offense just can't get it going and their bullpen's been solid. But... You have to consider who they're playing. You have to consider the ballpark. You have to consider the weather. You have to consider the starting pitcher. And Hutchison doesn't really set them up for an under. And I think that's why the model says that this number's a little bit too low. I tend to agree that the number's a little bit low. I think eight and a half makes a lot of sense. But this Tigers offense can always just score zero runs in a full game. And it wouldn't surprise anybody. Or one run. I'm not saying they do that. I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. So it's not one that I can really... I can really say that the over makes a ton of sense. I think over is probably the direction I'm looking, but it's not one that I feel that confident about given the Tigers are involved. But like I said, I can't really go under either knowing that their starting pitcher doesn't set them up for success. And we've got, you know, a you know, wind blowing out a Padres offense that, you know, should score some runs Padres bullpen that sometimes give up runs and doesn't have a lot of depth. And so if the Padres are up, you know, six to nothing in the seventh inning, could the Padres, the weaker relievers, give up some runs? I mean, it's just too much. I have no idea what to expect with regards to the total. So I'll lean over, but it's not one that I really like that much. 805 Eastern first pitch, Pirates at the Cubs. Around 70 degrees to start and around 70 degrees to finish here. No chance of rain. Winds blowing in to start, and then they'll shift a little bit more across. So a little bit chilly of a night in Chicago, especially for July in a park that really does tend to play to its environment. A cold night and the wind blowing in in Wrigley, you know, total should be like 
five, <laughs> you know, hot day, wind blowing out in Wrigley. You'll see totals at 12 and 13. So, I mean, a real park that is massively affected by weather, slightly pitcher friendly weather here tonight, surprisingly in July, JT Brubaker versus Adrian Sampson. I like Brubaker. He's a little bit above average. 402 ERA advanced metrics say maybe a tiny bit better. Very solid pitcher for the Pirates there versus Adrian Sampson, who has pitched well this year despite some struggles previously. A 334 ERA. Now, the advanced metrics do say that should be more around four. He still projects poor because of previous seasons. We can't just focus on his 32 innings this year. If you focus on every pitcher's good or bad 32-inning stretch, you'd be wildly you know, mispredicting left and right. So I can't just focus on those 32 innings, but I am acknowledging those 32 innings matter, and he has pitched pretty well this season. So a guy who's trending in the right direction, at least for the Cubs, and given the fact that I like this Cubs bullpen and I don't like this Pirates offense, and the Cubs offense is just mediocre, I love this under 8.5. We are having to pay a premium here at minus 125. Model's a 7.3, and I tend to agree that 7.5 makes a whole lot more sense for this game. I don't know why it's at 8.5. It feels like right now they hung a bad number, and now they're trying to hang on to that 8.5 because they don't want to drop it to 8 and worry about people betting over 8, uh, getting that over money, to, you know, and, and it just pushing it and losing all the under money. So it seems like they're holding on to 8.5 right now. So it might drop to 8, but I still think under 8 is the way to go, especially if you're getting better odds of minus 125. Like I said, slightly pitcher-friendly weather. Pirates offense, that's terrible, and is going to really have a hard time scoring against this Cubs bullpen. And the way that Samson's pitched, I don't think they're going to score that much either. Brubaker's solid enough. This Cubs offense doesn't really excite anybody, I don't think. So I think it's a low-scoring game. I think the Cubs are able to score off the Pirates bullpen. That Pirates bullpen tends to struggle more than they don't. And so I think that's why the Cubs win, but I think they win it more late in a close game in a 4-2 to two type game that's maybe, you know, 2-1, two 2-2 to one, two to two early. I like the Cubs at minus 135. That's a B-grade pick. I think they can pull it out. But I love this under 8.5, even at minus 125, or equivalently if you're playing under 8, as long as you're getting respectable odds at that number, it'd still be an A-grade. Even money, maybe minus 105. If you're having to pay a premium at 8, it probably drops to a B-grade. Rockies, the Brewers, 8-10 Eastern first pitch. Uh, roof open or closed tonight. Milwaukee shouldn't matter. The temperatures are going to line up with about what it'll feel like with the roof closed there. So no extra heat. We had a little extra heat this weekend um, in the in these games. So if you know, can't close the roof because it gets sticky. You know, in that case, you got to it'll be warm in there, and that'll help the ball carry or open the roof, it's hot. So um, over the weekend, we had more hitter-friendly conditions than we do today. Today will be more of a neutral environment there because the weather's not going to be too warm tonight in Milwaukee. Kyle Freeland versus Aaron Ashby, two pitchers that are fairly average. I like Ashby more than Freeland, but I think both these guys are a little bit underrated, especially when you just look at their ERAs. Freeland, 496 ERA, advanced metrics, it should be about a half run better than that. Obviously, his ERA is a little inflated because of Coors. Um, Aaron Ashby, 457 ERA. Advanced metrics say it should be a full run lower than that. Uh, both pitchers that are solid, but I'm still going over 8.5, mainly because of the odds, but it's just a lean. I think this one's priced perfectly on the number. I think 8.5 is what it should be. Model says 8.5. Just eyeballing it myself, 8.5 makes a lot of sense. I'll go over because it's minus 102. But I think right now it's a total market that I want no piece of. I think it's priced very well. Now, if you can go over eight later in the day and you're not having to pay too big of a premium, that might warrant a B play 
Uh, knowing that you have that push protection just once we get to eight runs. But I will say that the push protection on even numbers is a little bit less exciting than odd numbers, knowing that the you get the push if you get to the odd number minus one for the extra innings guaranteed, uh, whereas the push on the even number is if we get to 4-4, four, four, whether it's eight or eight and a half, we've won either way. So a little bit less exciting for the push on over eight, but I still think over eight would be a, a B-worthy play as long as the odds aren't too high. Right now, I think the mark total market's priced pretty well, and I think the side market's priced pretty well, too. The model says Brewers minus 173, so I'll take the Rockies at plus 170, but I think this one's priced really well. I'm not excited about taking the Rockies. They're not a good team. They're not a good team on the Better. As of late, a lot of that's been at home. So again, just not a situation where I like the Rockies here. The odds aren't good enough to get me excited. If there's a decent line movement one way or the other, you can kind of talk me into something either which way. Like I said, right now, I think it's priced pretty well. My buy point for either one of these teams hasn't been met, at least as of right now. 18 Easter first pitch, Angels at the Royals. We've had some real hitter-friendly weather in Kansas City over the weekend. Not as much today. It'll be about mid-70s throughout the night. Low 70s maybe by the end. And that same chance of rain we've been talking about all day long here it seems like so something to keep an eye on there in kansas city winds be blowing in at about 10 miles an hour the entire night again could be delayed could be postponed could happen like normal it's too tough to say right now i like this under eight i just don't like the odds minus 118 just doesn't get me really excited the model says 7.7 the issue here is if the rain happens as opposed to the rain in the northeast it delays us. It's not really going to help us that much. It's only going to help us with potentially the the fact that maybe the, the hitters messes with their routines a little bit. But otherwise, it's not going to get that much colder. It looks like in Kansas City, the wind's not going to like pick up or die down or anything like that. So it's not a situation where if it plays earlier or later, I like the under a little bit more. Really, it's about the odds. If I was at minus 110, minus, especially minus 105 at this number, it would at least be a B grade. Um, I think eight is too much. But at minus 118, it's not too much by that much, if that makes sense. And on top of that, the Royals just kind of zig and zag with the offense. It seems to show up or not show up. You never really know. They play a lot of high-scoring games, and every once in a while they play some low-scoring games. So the Royals just are a team that's kind of tougher to peg with regards to totals. So not a heavy investment for me on the total here. But with regards to the side, I like the Royals at minus 105. This implies a coin toss game, and I don't think it is. I think the Royals should be favored here. It's a B-grade pick. I'm holding off here on a B-grade pick, just knowing that if there's Angels money that comes in throughout the day, we can take advantage of that and get better odds by adding a unit later. On top of that, I still am assuming Trout's out. I saw some of the chatter we heard over this weekend. It sounds like, you know, he's going to miss more than the minimum, that sort of thing. That's, of course, already happened. But I feel like if you are declaring a couple days out, you're going to miss more than the minimum. That feels like more than just two days beyond the minimum, because if you're only going to miss two days, then you were at least close to just missing the minimum. So I think he's still probably out, but you never really know. And so it's the other reason maybe to be a little bit hesitant on this one, just in case if Trout comes back, of course, he's going to swing the probability of this one easily three or 4% by himself. Probably the only player in baseball that swings a number that much. So again, I am still assuming Trout is out. And given that, given the lefty righty splits here for these offenses, I think these offenses are about the same. These bullpens are about the same. These starting pitchers are about the same. Give me the home team. I think they should be more in the minus 115 to minus 120 range. Model says minus 118. 
So I think minus 105 offers some good value on the Royals. Just not real eager to jump in yet. Just not knowing about Trout. And again, the possibility that this number might get more friendly to the Royals as the day goes on. And if it doesn't, we've at least got our investment here at what I think is a pretty good price at minus 105. Two starting pitchers, their ERAs do pretty much tell the story. Syndergaard's at four, Grinky at 464. The advanced metrics line up pretty well with that. Just two average starting pitchers at this point. Two guys who used to be obviously must see TV, but at this point in their careers, neither one's bad, but neither one is really a showstopper at this point. 940 Eastern first pitch, Giants at the Diamondbacks. Jacob Junis versus Tyler Gilbert. Junis with a 306 ERA. Advanced metrics say it should be more in the upper threes. A solid pitcher here for the Giants. Tyler Gilbert, however, not for the Diamondbacks. A 534 ERA. The advanced metrics say um, that's actually maybe a little friendly. One of the weaker pitchers in my starting pitcher database. And so I'll take the Giants at minus 124. I think they're the right side here on the road. I think they have just a big enough edge with regards to the offense and with regards to the uh, starting pitcher that I think they're the side I want to be on. The model says minus 124 is the right number. So laying minus 124 makes a little bit of sense. If I get a better number later in the day, I'd upgrade this to a B pick. But this number just isn't that exciting for a Giants bullpen that is terrifying and one that might have to be heavily involved today. Not that the Diamondbacks bullpen is necessarily any better, but it's just a situation where on the road, I don't want to lay too big of a number here on the Giants. So if I get more like minus 120, especially a number on the minus one teens, it's a B pick. But at minus 124, just only a C here on the Giants. But the main investment's the over nine, A grade at minus 110. Model says 10.1. Diamondbacks starting pitcher, terrible. Both these bullpens, terrible. Giants can get some runs. Diamondbacks uh, offense gets a little bit of an upgrade based off the lefty-righty splits here. I think there should be a lot of runs in this one. And like I said, I don't think either bullpen knows how to shut the other side down. I think this number should be 10. I think we're getting a gift here at 9. I love this over 9, A grade for me there in Arizona. 940 Eastern first pitch. Astros at the A's. This Astros team just absolutely destroying everybody right now. Took the two from the Yankees took all three in Seattle, uh, a team that, you know, as an Astros fan, I hope they're not picking too early. This is the way I wanted to play in October, but right now they are just a scary good. And the model says they should be massive favorites here in Oakland to the tune of a number of minus 302, even on the road. And so I'm taking minus 222 with an A grade pick. 302, of course, seems like a lot on the road, but you have to remember this ace team has no home field advantage really. The model's still giving them a little bit of one, but in reality, they haven't played well at home. They have no fans at home. It's not really an advantageous situation for them there in Oakland. Again, the model's still giving them a little bit of that, but I mean, you've got Adam Aller here for the A's, who's the literal worst starting pitcher in my database against an Astros offense that's pretty good, and even without Brantley, is still rolling right now. With Jake Odorizzi, who's maybe just average, but much better than this A's offense, I, I mean, this is just a situation where the Astros offense should score at will against all or even in a pitcher friendly park. And Odorisi is good enough to shut down this A's offense. And again, with that pitcher friendly situation, I don't see how he gives up many runs. The Astros should be massive favorites in this one. You can look a run line if you want. I'm a little bit nervous about this park in Oakland, keeping the scoring down. So I don't really love the run line because I don't just don't think there's a great value on it as much as I just rather like the 222. Cause I don't think 222 is that big of a price given how good this Astros team is. 
only concern is the Astros playing down to their competition. That does seem to happen, but I don't think that's an issue tonight for two reasons. Number one, with Odorisi being not necessarily guaranteed a, a spot in this rotation for the rest of the season, especially with McCullers coming back. They have seven good starting pitchers. I have no idea what they're going to do with them once McCullers is back. But Odorisi's pitching for a job in the rotation. And then he's still pitching for a job in the postseason rotation. I'm not sure he would make it, but that's what he's hoping for. So he's going to go out there and try to do his best tonight. I don't think there's any, you know, he's thinking about, oh, it's just the A's and letting off. And I know that happens. It's a long baseball season. It's just, I don't really see him doing that because if he does that and gives up runs to the A's, he's really hurting his chances of success later on in the season of staying in that rotation. I think he's going to show up firing. And the Astros' bats, even if they do let off a little bit, again, facing a pitcher as bad as Aller, I just don't see how they can't still score some runs. I don't think they score a ton, not in that massive park, not in a chilly night in Oakland like usual. I just think that there's a situation. It's hard to think of many situations where a pitcher as bad as Adam Aller can hold down this Astros offense. I think the Astros are the way to go. Like I said, you can look run line. I just rather like 222. I don't think it's that high. And I'll take a flyer on the under eight just to lean though the model says 7.8. It's kind of like we talked about with the Tigers. I don't really see the A scoring, but the Astros can score as many as they want. So I don't think it's a total market that makes a lot of sense to play in unless you can come up with some angle, unless you can feel confident that maybe the Astros bats are going to take the night off after scoring all those runs there and wrapping up that Seattle sweep. Maybe that's the angle you take it. And so you like the under a little bit more. It's kind of the only confident thing I could but the only way I could look at this confidently, but like I said, I just don't trust Adam Aller to shut down the Astros offense at all. And if he gets run early, which is very possible, very probable, you know, he's, he's not a guy that I think is going to go more than three innings, really. And if he's not going that much, the, the A's bullpen is not terrible, but I don't know how they find six good innings. So, like I said, I think maybe the Astros bats fall asleep and they win a lower scoring game. And so you like the under, but otherwise... I'm just not that confident that the Astros offense can be stopped at this point. 10 10 Eastern first pitch Nats at the Dodgers. Another massive spread and another one that I think isn't big enough. And y'all know I hate laying big numbers. I always caution people against taking big numbers. But in this case, just like with the Astros, I think you laid the big number. I think the Dodgers should be massive favorites here. The model says minus 378. And the price I'm seeing right now is minus 300. So if you are a parlay player, don't throw the Dodgers into like 10 parlays. That's not really good money management. That's my recommendation to you. But if you like parlays, do throw the Dodgers in a parlay or two. I think there is value. And what I'm always cautioning people about is don't put a team in the parlay that you wouldn't bet solo by itself. Because if there's not enough value to bet it by itself, it's not enough value to put it in the parlay. But I play the Dodgers at minus 300 by itself. And if I didn't, it would just be because of money management. So I would be willing to throw it into Again, a parlay or two, you are adding more payout than I think risk. You're adding very, very little risk. And you're not adding a ton of payout, but you're adding more payout than risk in this situation, in my opinion. The Dodgers should destroy the Nationals. This Nationals team is terrible. I've loved fading them for the most part. This last weekend got a little bit weird facing a terrible Diamondbacks team. I think the model didn't know what to do with both of those garbage teams. But now that we're facing a good team, we can just go back to fading the Nats, thankfully. Dodgers have a massive edge in every aspect of this game, and they're at home. I don't think Gonsolin's that good. He's not nearly as good as that 202 ERA. I've been preaching this for a long time now. The advanced metrics say it should be three and a half. Good pitcher, not great. Not 202 ERA, great. 
model gives him a rating of a 94. That makes sense. He's definitely above average and definitely a pitcher I'd love to have on my team, but he's not that 202 ERA good. But either way, he's still much better than Paolo Espina, a guy who's probably not going to go very deep, a guy who the advanced metrics also say is worse than his ERA by about a full run. Massive edge to the Dodgers with regards to starting pitcher, massive edge to the Dodgers with regards to bullpen, massive edge to the Dodgers with regards to the offense. There's really no other way to put it. The Dodgers are the only way to look. You'd have to give me a price like plus 400 or something before I even really considered the Nats just because baseball is random. But it's not random enough to think the Nats really have a chance in this game. They could pull it off, but I just think it's very rare, very unlikely to pull it off that I want to be on the Dodgers. I'll look run line. I don't love laying a price like minus 300 personally, so we'll go run line because at least I'm only laying minus 145. Give that an A grade. Like I said, I think the Dodgers are the way you want to invest, whether it's run line, first five, money line, however you want to do it, alternate alternate run lines. I think it's Dodgers in a, in a, in a parlay, on a run line, exotic, whatever you got to do. I think it's Dodgers here one way or the other. And it's like the over eight and a half, just to lean. The model says nine. Only fear on this one, of course, is I feel usually I don't really consider um, home road set up because you kind of just assume the home team's going to win about half the games, maybe a little bit more. And so about, you know, 53, whatever is percent of the time you're going to have eight and a half innings and the other half, you're going to get nine. And so that's kind of just how the model treats totals. But given that I really think the Dodgers are going to win, I feel more confident that the expected number of innings in a baseball game is usually like 8.73, 8.74, but then you add extras. Well, I don't think extras are going to happen, so that's not going to help us with the total. And it's not 8.7, whatever. It's more like 8.55 for this game or something, 8.6. It's, it's much more likely the Dodgers win than the Nats. So because we have fewer innings in this one, I, I just don't really love this over. If I felt more confident that the Nats could give a fighting chance, maybe we could have extras, that sort of thing. And those things, of course, could happen, but they're just not likely. It was more likely that we had extras, that the Nats hung on, that the Dodgers might get a, a Batman ninth. I'd say that nine makes a lot more sense, but as it is, I just don't think this total is really worth investing in. I think it should be maybe eight and a half with a little juice on the over. So I think we're getting a tiny bit of value, but I don't think we're getting enough value to really be excited about personally. And then to wrap us up, 10, 10 Eastern first pitch Rangers at the Mariners, Glenn Otto versus Chris Flexen, Glenn Otto, a 540 ERA advanced metric say maybe he's not quite that bad, but he is still bad. Chris Flexen, 379 ERA. Advanced metrics say it should be about one run higher. That's likely because he's in a, such a massive pitcher's park. I don't think that's good bounces, good luck. I think that's just he's going to have an ERA less than his advanced metrics, as most of the pitchers for Seattle, Oakland, and Tampa do, given those are the three pretty big pitcher's parks that we're dealing with this season. Chris Lexon's solid. He's average. He gets a 102 in the model. Glenn Otto is worse than that. So the, the Mariners have an edge with regards to the starting pitcher. They have an edge on the bullpen. This Rangers bullpen just kind of average. Smirrors bullpen, I think, is pretty good. I really like this pen. It's very underrated, in my opinion. Model says the Mariners' offense is better than the Rangers' offense. Even if they aren't, I still think 139 is a great price. The Mariners did have a couple guys uh, tweak some, you know, you know, a couple tweaks yesterday in that Astros game. So there is a little bit of a concern of who's going to play for the Mariners. I still have Julio Rodriguez. It's 50-50. I don't know if he's going to be back or not. Even if I were to go into the model, take all the potential injured guys out, take Julio out or whatever, this Mariners offense is still probably right there neck and neck with the Rangers offense, a little bit behind, but not by much. And the Mariners have massive edges pitching. 
and being at home, I still think 139 is a solid price to lay. It's an A grade for me because that's the worst case scenario for the Mariners. And we don't even know if we're going to be in that worst case scenario. Surely some of these guys are going to be able to play. If Rodriguez plays, it's even an extra boost given that he's such a good player. So if, if the Mariners are at full strength, this number should probably be close to minus 200. I think they're a really good team. I think this number is deflated because people saw them lose to the Astros three straight, but I think that's more about the Astros and the Mariners. The Mariners team's still good. We've been riding them so much before the break where I kept saying this is a good team that people don't realize is good. They're not great. They're not in the in the class of the Yankees, the Astros, the Dodgers, even some of the, you know, a team like the Braves playing well for the most part. They're not in that that tier, but they're still a good team. You know, more in that Blue Jays or Rays, um, you know, Padres, Cardinals, you know, that type of, they're in that kind of like second tier of good teams. And people just don't seem to realize how good that bullpen is, how much that matters for them, that their offense is respectable. Um, Their offensive numbers are deflated because of playing in a pitcher's park. But when they play at home, other teams have to do that too, right? So uh, it's a, it's an okay offense. Again, if this Mariners team is at full strength, I think minus 200 should be the price, which would create insane value for us at this price of minus 139. And like I said, even worst case scenario, I'd still have the Mariners around minus 150. So I still think there's value here at minus 139. It's an A-grade play for me. Obviously, just keep an eye on what the number does and who's potentially playing or not playing here for the Mariners since there's a couple question marks there. Uh, but again, it's hard to see minus 139 being a bad play on the Mariners at this point, no matter what that does for us, injury-wise. And with regards to total, I'll take under eight and a half. The model says eight. I just don't like this juice at minus 120. If this was minus 110, especially minus 105 would be a B, pl- B pick. But eight and a half at minus 120 translates to about 8.3. And so since the model says eight, there's a little bit of value there. It's a C plus pick. There's just not enough value for me to get that excited. And the Rangers have been playing a lot of high-scoring games, more so than not lately. Their bullpen has been a little bit worse than expected. Their offense has been a little bit better than projected. So just a little bit of a concern there. I still think under's the right side. It's still a hitter, uh, excuse me, a pitcher-friendly ballpark. But Glenn Otto involved, <laughs> you know, I'm not that confident, especially just with the way the Rangers have been playing. It's not one that I really like, but if we get better odds on this, I might feel comfortable with the second unit. Just it's not there as of now. And so that is the 12 games. I'll recap the A plays here for you. Kicking us off, we've got Marlins and the Reds over nine at minus 101. Padres minus 157 at the Tigers. Under eight and a half at minus 125 in the Pirates and Cubs. Over nine in the Giants Diamondbacks. Got the Astros minus 222 at the A's. We've got the Dodgers run line at minus 145 at home against the Nationals. And the Mariners minus 139 at home against the Rangers. And that's all I have for you today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. Reminder, check out the Google Sheet for model picks, projections, and results. You can find that link and more at the website, www.pickswiththeprofessor.com. If you haven't done so yet, please click that subscribe button to ensure all the sports betting content we provide on this channel is dropped right into your feed. We'll see you tomorrow. And until then, remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.